to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Oh, Craig, it is good to be back and doing this show with you, my friend. We are in the home stretch. We are in the home stretch, and I want to start off the show by saying uh, thanks to our friend Nationals 101 Frank for uh, f- keeping the seat warm for me last uh, last episode. So, yeah, thanks. it was a Thank fun you. show. I hope everyone listened to it. It was uh, highly enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it's always fun to have uh, some time hanging out with Frank, and I'm glad to be back. Very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Uh, just, you know, it takes me a month to get into mental brain space to actually, you know, be social sometimes, you know. Yes. You, you know how I roll. But uh, no, it's awesome to be back. I'm uh, I'm glad to be back and doing the show. So uh, we have a as as you said, it's kind of our uh, probably our final episode of the regular season uh, because a week from now we will officially be in the off season, uh, which is crazy. It'll be uh, the first Monday in in October. So we're gonna kind of round out the season, talk about the postseason where the Nationals are with a with about a week left of baseball, five five or so games left of the uh, season. So uh, where do you want to start with it? We didn't plan the the order of things. Where do you want to start with it? No, we definitely didn't. Um, want to talk week, about the season itself? Yeah, last week we touched a little bit about, about how much we should appreciate how good this team has been. Yeah. But we didn't really talk about how good this team really is. Like, it was more of a contextual yeah, how, in you know, comparison to as, the as fans. Iterations. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in comparison to the previous versions of the Washington Nationals, like how wonderful this has been. But I think we kind of uh, didn't drop the ball, but we didn't necessarily turn our focus towards how good the 2017 Washington, Washington Nationals have been. Um, there have been some unbelievable individual performances on this ball club. You're looking at uh, at least one MVP finalist. At You're least. Looking at, yeah, at least one. Yeah. You're looking at at least one Cy Young finalist and yep. one likely winner, I would say. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably right. So on top of all of that, you've seen breakout or uh, comeback performances from Ryan Zimmerman. You've seen breakout performances of Michael A. Taylor. Yeah. Uh, uh, on top of seeing the future in Victor Robles uh, coming up in September here. So there have been so many amazing things. Oh, and I'm sorry, I should mention uh, Gio Gonzalez also with the comeback. I was, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you, I think that un- Gio is going to be a victim of being on the, on the Washington Nationals rotation more than anything um, and, and, and not being a finalist in a, in a, Cy Young voting, or at least getting a lot of first place votes, because he's going to get, he's going to be a victim of having Strasburg and Scherzer in his rotation. So, I mean, I think let's start with the, because I think focusing on individual performances is important, and there's just a ton of really impressive ones on their own merit to look at. So let's start with position players. It, just looking right now in the National League, there are four guys in the top 30 in F4 on the Washington Nationals team. One of them is Bryce Harper, who has only played 106 games, and he's 12th. So if that doesn't tell you that's uh, the kind of year that guy was having before he uh, had that freak injury, I cannot even... I mean, 
it was insane the kind of year that guy was having. He still has a 4.6 war, and he hasn't played in, like, a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, he was your MVP leader, I believe, when he got hurt, yes, he I was. would say. Uh, and looking at his statistics as they stand now, not just the sabermetric statistics, but the traditional ones as well, uh, that's a season right there. Yeah, What he was right. able to put down in 106 games is a really, really solid major league season. Yeah, he's, um, he has he, five wins above replacement. Um, with, he's hitting 326, 419 on base percentage, a 614 slugging percentage. So he's, his OPS is over 1,000. Um, I mean, he's just, he's been insane. And one of the things that, that has actually been um, pretty impressive to me, he actually kept his, his strikeout rate down-ish this year. It stayed below 20%. Um, which is awesome for him. And it just shows the number, the kind of numbers that he could put up when he's, you know, not striking out all that much. Yeah. And when he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, the health is a big, is a big factor. I mean, he kept it under 20% last year, but he hit 243. So, I mean, that's, that's a different kind of year than you're expecting with the injury from Bryce Harper, obviously last year causing that uh, by all accounts. But, uh, and that's not even, you, you know, we're jumping to Bryce Harper just like everybody does, but we're kind of discounting the, the guy that, Leads, leads baseball. Yeah, well, the National League leads the National League in war. Uh, in Anthony Rendon, um, he has been again just like under the radar, one of the best players in the sport. Yeah, he's been really fantastic. Sterling defense as always at the hot corner, um, and then just being absolutely lights out. Do you remember the first month of the season? When he was not at all good. Yeah, and this, I think we talked about this. Maybe it was last year with Anthony Rendon. Yeah, it was definitely last year with Anthony Rendon as well. And then he did the same kind of thing, not quite to this level, but in the second half he turned it on. It was just insanely good. This is, you know, in baseball, if you are cold at the beginning, people don't remember it as much as if you're hot in the beginning, even if you cool off. Like Ryan Zimmerman has has been good, but has just cooled off significantly. I mean, he's been very cold relative to the beginning of the season. Um, but because he was so hot at the beginning of the year, people are just all, you know, Ryan Zimmerman has been amazing. And he totally has been. I'm not discounting it. We're going to talk about him in a second. But Anthony Rendon on the other side, super duper cold to start the season and now, and is one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Yeah, no question. Uh, Anthony Rendon should be a top th- – he should be a finalist for MVP – yeah, and I think um, I think he probably should win it. He should win it. Yes. I, I don't know that he will. Um, right, but he probably yeah he's going up against probably Stanton, Chris Bryant, Joey Votto. I mean, he it's it it's going to be hard. Uh, Charlie Blackman. It's going to be hard for him to get past those names. Goldschmidt. Yeah, Stan's going to hit sixty home runs. Yeah, right. And I think that I mean not I think that that alone is going to get him a, a huge chunk of votes, but. There are a lot of guys that are below Rendon that have also had incredibly good years. Um, you know, Chris Bryant, another third baseman who's put up an insane year and has that name recognition across baseball. Um, Joey Votto obviously has the has the name for kind of being a little bit different kind of a player, but he also put up 35 bombs this year so far. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if how he places. I think he'll certainly finish top three. Um, but I don't think that he's going to, he's going to win it. No, I don't think so. Uh, although I, even though I think he should, yeah, he definitely deserves to win it this season. 
Um, and credit just, to the national yeah. media staff for PR staff for pushing this since the all-star break. Like yeah. they have been all over social media posting, finding creative memes, creative ways to like have, cause you know what? Writers who are with the baseball writers association follow team accounts and they're seeing that stuff too. And it's going to make them think about it if they may not have already. And it's going to cause them to look into it. There's a huge push um, I think at some point in August by the Nationals media, uh, you know, PR office. And I think it was the next day he had his own segment on MLB Network. You know, like yeah. it, it, that it makes a huge difference. Um, Anthony so I, Rendon, not an all-star. Right. <laughs> which, which this isn't one of those situations where he was kind of a fringe guy and got better. He was the best third baseman in baseball. And he yeah. didn't make the all-star team, which because the all-star game is a popularity contest. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, the MVP is too. You know, it, it's to a lesser extent because it's the writers who follow it a little bit more closely than, you know, people voting 25 times on their phones. But nonetheless, uh, I think he probably is going to be is going to struggle to uh, to find enough votes to win it. Yeah, he's he just uh, strikes me and a lot of the more savvy baseball media uh, as just the guy who's just going to stay under the radar and yeah. he's just going to be one of the top three players in the national league and no one's going to really take notice. And then he's going to retire and everyone's like, wait a second, Anthony Rendon finished with 3000 hits. Well, it's going to be like, it's going to finish the end of, he's going to hit the last two or three years of his career and they're going to go, Oh, this guy's the, the next Adrian Beltre. Right. You know, except obviously different personality, but I'm talking about the, the type of player, third baseman, Flies under the radar. All of a sudden, the end of a career comes and goes. Huh? That guy's close to three hundred, three thousand hits. Wow. He's he was he had a really good career, you know. And then and then all of a sudden, the conversation is going to start about you know more significant things. But I think there's yeah. a really good chance that he ends up being that kind of player. You're right. <clears throat> and so yeah, Anthony a lot of it is, is he doesn't want that spotlight either. No. So he no. he he actively avoids it. Yeah. Tremendous effort from him this season. Um, which I guess leads to Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, man. What kind of year has he had? I what mean, a breakout. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that there were a lot of people, you know, me included, who just kind of like, this is, this is going to be a fifth outfielder for the rest of his career. Yeah. He you know? just, it's been so long since we've been hearing the name, uh, since he's been making little cups of coffee here and there. And yep. he's never really done anything. Yep. It's been flashes and flashes and, Hitting 220. And striking out 30% of the time or whatever it is. It's got to be a super high rate. May not, maybe not quite 30, but certainly upper 20s. Um, and I think that's right. I think that you you'd never were really sure what you were going to get. And then all of a sudden, he just... Credit again, Dusty Baker, who's like, you know, I, you have a chance here. Do it or not. But... Uh, you know, this is kind of, he kind of called him out and said, this might be your last chance. You know, you're only going to get so many chances before we got to go look at somebody else. And he answered the call. He's having a great year. And I wasn't wrong about the 30%. It's yeah. 30. He's had, he has a, almost a 32% strikeout rate this year, but he's, yeah. he's capitalizing in other ways. Yeah. And he's turned into one of the best center fielders in baseball. The defense. That's the, that's the killer. And I, I had a kind of a, a tweet storm about that a few weeks ago about how like, yeah, he's really good, but do you really realize how good though? 
you know, like, yeah. He, and I didn't realize how good, you know, I knew what I was seeing was good, but then to see the numbers back it up was something, something else entirely. It was really kind of, uh, kind of amazing. So it's been amazing to watch him play center field this year. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that, you're right about uh, him for sure. And, you know, we obviously can't have this conversation without um, talking a little bit more about uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. Um, because uh, literally no one <laughs> called <laughs> that he was going to have this kind of year. Uh, nobody. Nobody on the planet, Craig. No, no one at all, except for me. Yes. Except you... for not this year. Yeah, you called it. Yeah, well, like, in terms of how good he's been. Yeah, I mean, you you called him, you called it in in the spring, though, that he was going to have this kind of year this year. You said, I, Yeah, I, I said he was going to have a good year, for sure, and I, I threw out some numbers. I wanted to say uh, somewhere around 285. 280-something, yeah. Yeah, two eighty. I think I said twenty bombs. No, I think 40. you said more. I think you said a crazy number, which is like not that far off. No, the crazy number was one hundred and forty games played. Oh, okay, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, which and I haven't hit looked. It. He's at one thirty eight. He's at one thirty eight. Yeah, that was the crazy one. Like, yeah, he could hit, he could maybe get into twenty bombs if he's healthy. Yeah, but he's hit thirty two, thirty three, thirty four home runs yeah. so far this year. Best year of his career. Yeah, he's he's been absolutely incredible. Yeah, um, like you said earlier, he's definitely had a a lesser second half, but that's going to happen with a player who's over thirty. Yeah, uh, who hasn't played more than a hundred and fifteen, hundred and twenty games in five years. It seems like yeah, or maybe I, once in five years. I think once in five years, I think is right. And and uh, I mean, yeah, he's trailed off in the second half. He's hitting three oh two. He's got a 357 on base percentage. He's got an OPS above 900. I mean, yeah. Th- no that trail one, off like, is no joke. <laughs> yeah, I expected a good year from Ryan Zimmerman. I, I, I believe the hype preseason yeah. with uh, the launch angle and that whole conversation. Totally. But I did not expect 34 bombs. Like, no this way. is fantastic. And I'm just thrilled to death for Ryan Zimmerman to be able to, you know, come back after preseason podcasts where we discussed, are we going to be looking at a Ryan Zimmerman, Adam Lynn platoon? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? If I, Ryan Zimmerman had, had had a lesser year, Adam Lynn was good enough to do that, but he didn't have a lesser year. He had the kind of year that he needed to have to remind people the kind of player he is, uh, is capable of being at least. So, um, don't know if you could hope for many 300, 350 year, uh, 300, 350, 500 years left in his career, but, um, maybe we're wrong. Maybe he's got a, a couple more years of juice left in the tank. He's got three or four years left on that deal. So maybe he's, yeah, I'd like to get left. three or four years left. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I want, I, as, as great as he's been and like, we were both stunned at yeah. how fantastic Ryan Zimmerman has been, um, I think we should at least mention Adam Lind. Yeah, I mean he has fourteen been, home runs off the bench, which is a, which is a team record, like by a lot. Like yeah. of any, uh, the thing that's amazing to me is no bench Washington Nationals bench player has ever hit fourteen home runs in his career as as a bench player. Like the guys who have been around as bench players for years never hit fourteen home runs, and Adam Lind did it in one season. Yeah. That's crazy. That's how just good he's a, been. 
shrewd move uh, for Mike Rizzo picking him up. And, you uh, know, people forget that Adam Lind was once a very good first baseman. He I was mean, a starter he, in Seattle last year, and and he and he had a long career in uh, in Toronto as well, where he was a you know a first baseman DH who was hitting thirty home runs and was just an inc- he was very good. I had him on many of fantasy teams when I used to still do that. <laughs> I mean, he was awesome, um, but you know had trailed off and had a terrible year last year, and the traditional you know buy low and boy did that pay off. Yeah, it really did. He's been an integral part. Uh, he was Ryan Zimmerman Insurance the second we signed him, but right? And he's and then, turned into just the just clutch off of the bench, and he's played left field, and it's terrifying and awful and scary. But you know he's done what's asked of him very well. Yeah, uh, and he's come off the bench and gotten some really clutch hits. Yeah, agreed. And you know who we've passed over through all this? We, oh my gosh, how could we pass over someone? We're talking about literally every player. But, yeah, but we can't get this far in the conversation without even mentioning Daniel Murphy. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, Murphy again, like hits Murphy. He talk about a an under you know undervalued contract for what what we're paying him for what he's been doing over the was thirty eight million over three years. over three years. He's he's paid he paid for that already. Like yeah. actually, and and wins above replacement, like that's already paid for, and we haven't him for an entire another season. So, um, you know, I we don't need to talk more about that because he like literally all he does is just hit over and over again and doesn't strike out at all. So, yep. But I just uh, wanted Jeez. to make sure we mentioned that before we went too far down the path to talk about more bench guys like Wilmer freaking Defoe. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's easy to forget about Wilmer because you know he hasn't been getting a whole lot of. Um, playing time recently, but um, he also had his breakout year this year. Um, j- very similar to, to Taylor. Actually, a better year than Taylor in some numbers. Um, yeah. He, I mean, there was a decent chance, like, as the injury started to happen and, like, Eat- the Eaton and Turner go out and you're like, okay, you lost your one-two, you're kind of screwed. And then D- Defo steps in and is nails. And by the way, did you know he was that good of a defensive shortstop? Uh, I knew he was pretty darn good. I knew he was good. I didn't think he was that good. Yeah. I honestly, I, I, mostly not the range, the arm. Yeah. His arm is like, I'm not going to say Espinosa like, because it's not, but it's not, it's not, it's not as much worse than I thought it was. You know what I mean? Like I, I thought it would be a lot worse than that. And it's not that much worse than that. He's got a cannon on him and. Yeah. I was really surprised. Worse, obviously, relative. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... We're... Relative AF. <laughs> not, yeah, not as good as one of the, the guys, one of the hardest-throwing shortstops in Major League Baseball, but, you know... Not in Major League Baseball right now, though. Oh, wah, wah. Poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been, once again, versatility, playing, uh, playing the role, getting... Third base, playing some left... Or playing some outfield. Yep. Played shortstop. Really solidified the the six hole while Turner was out. And uh, I don't want to say Turner's had a disappointing year, but he obviously hasn't had the year that people expected. And yeah. Defoe came in and was just like, don't worry about it, guys. I'm here. Yeah. I'm a major league ready player, and I got it. And and that's a an incredibly hard job to do. And he, I mean, he couldn't have done it much better, um, which is pretty admirable. And I, I, think I, I think I did pick Trey Turner to be my team MVP this year so that's gonna be a that's a tough one but nonetheless uh there are enough enough MVPs to go round 
um, for everybody. Any other position players uh, before we move on? Um, I guess most disappointing is Matt Weiders. Yeah, but... boy, that's been that's been pretty bad. Yeah, that's been that's been not good. The catching position, just boy, you miss Ramos. You know, you yeah, you really definitely do. Yeah, you miss him big time. Um, but it's it's a calculated risk, and you get enough in enough other places, and as long as the pitchers are happy and they seem to be, as long as you're yep. getting offense from enough other spots, you don't. We all, we've said this a million times. You don't have the catcher position because you want a 300 hitter there. That's yeah. just not you know that's not the point. It's yep. you you want somebody who. A pitching staff can trust and uh, and is not going to embarrass you at the plate, even though, you know, mostly they have. But uh, there's, it's been good enough in other places. And just a, a quick honorable mention, and it's again, it's easy to forget about it because he's been out for so long, time, long but Brian Goodwin had an amazing year, too. Yes. Yeah. I, Another one that stepped right in. Yeah, stepped right in. I Next mean, guy up. We we were for for about a. It's amazing to think about how you know we were the first team. We had the first team that clinched uh, the postseason on September 10th, and for for like an easy month of the year, we were playing like seventh string out outfielders, um, and that's pretty that's pretty insane to think about, and it's all because guys like Taylor and Goodwin stepped up and did the job. So, um, yeah. so on to pitch. You want to gush about some pitchers more? Yeah, let's let's do that. So I mean, Max is going to win the Cy Young. Max is going to win the Cy Young. Yeah, he's going to win his third Cy Young, second in a row. He's the best pitcher in the National League. He's probably the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, um, the only other guy, only other two guys within a a run in F War are his teammate Steven Strasburg at two Jesus. <laughs> and Zach Greinke at three. That's yeah. it. There's no one else within a run of him. It would be criminal for him not to win the Cy Young again this year. And, and I don't think that there's much doubt that he will. I mean, I think that there's almost no chance that he won't. Um, Kershaw, if Kershaw didn't miss a month of the season, um, his Kershaw is fifth um, and a, a little over a run behind him and, and, F war, and so I think there'd be a conversation there if he had not missed five starts, six starts, um, five starts, I guess. But still, uh, Scherzer should win it running away, and Strasburg should finish too. I mean, it's insane the kind of pitching that we've been able to see this year, man. Yeah, starting pitching it's, has been it's been a good. treat. Yeah, and it's been since the All Star break. It's been pretty much every starter. Has been getting the job done. I mean, you had Geo, you had Strass, and you had uh, Max all year. Yep, being absolutely spectacular. Uh, Tanner Roark has been one of the better pitchers in the National League uh, since the All Star break. Um, and then Edwin Jackson. I know he struggled a little bit lately, but he really, really had a great first six or seven, five or six somewhere around there starts for the Nationals. And you know, like we said when the Nationals picked him up. You don't need Edwin Jackson for October. You need him to plug a hole, yeah. hopefully competently, well, until we get to that point. I mean, the only guy who didn't really spend any time, and the only two guys in the rotation that didn't spend any extended time out were Gio Gonzalez and Tanner Roark. You know, Scherzer missed time, Strauss missed time, um, and you're, you just needed a guy to come in and, like you said, plug the hole. That's all you, that's all you needed, and... There's not too many guys in baseball better at that than, than Tanner Roark. You already knew you were going to win the division running yeah. away. You, you just needed to, you know, not 
you know. Did you say Tanner Roark? What? Are, yeah. Did he hit the DL? No, no. I'm sorry. I must have missed something. Oh, I oh I might have said it again. Edwin Jackson. Did I say Tanner yeah. Roark instead of Edwin? Yeah, Jackson? you said sorry. Tanner Roark. I thought we were talking about Edwin Jackson. <laughs> no, we we were talking about Edwin Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Um, there I, we go. Hello. Just got the names wrong. So, uh, yeah, you just need a guy to, to fill a role, fill a hole, and he did that. You just, your goal with a guy like that, once you already know you're going to win the division running away, is let your bullpen rest. You know, don't tax your guys you know, that are, you know you're going to need to pitch in October too, too much. And he, he did that job. And yeah, he's, he did exactly what the Nationals asked of him. Exactly. Um, I mean, Strasburg, Max Scherzer, they fall in the same category. Both very legitimately could be Cy Young finalists. I don't believe Strasburg will be, which is absurd. You don't think he will be, huh? I don't think he will be. I think it's going to be Grinky, uh, Kershaw, and Max. Oh, you think Kershaw? Okay, I yeah, was I, I was leaving Kershaw name. out. I was thinking I was thinking Grinky, Strasburg, Scherzer, but I mean right. that's what it should be. Yeah, but I think Kershaw just based on name alone and yeah, outside I mean, of his it, injury, he's just. Outside again, of his injury, he's been Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, lowered he's been, his ERA. He is in the process of lowering his ERA to for the ninth straight year, his yeah, career ERA. That's insane. And, mm-hmm. like, it started at 4.25. Yeah, which is like, crazy. And it's lowered every single year. Yeah. So Kershaw, very good. Yeah. Um, and, but and the, the injury is going to prevent him from winning it and also Max being amazing. But yeah. I think he becomes a finalist just because he's Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, good point. I think I think that's probably right. Granky definitely deserves it too. So, uh, you know, maybe Strasburg ends up out and and voters just say, "Well, we're not going to pick two guys from the same team," which is stupid. But Yeah, it is it is, but whatever. Um, but Gio Gonzalez. Yeah. He's the big he's the big one. Yeah, he I mean, surprised I think most everybody. I mean, he was coming up on, you know, well, I think a lot of people, I know I did, I actually thought it was the last year of his deal. I didn't realize there was a team option for next year um, when the year started. And quite honestly, with what he's done, you, it was really a, a question of whether or not he was going yeah. to, if they were going to pick that option. Now, it's super team-friendly. It's like $12 million. And so, well, it was, and it was also a vesting option. Right. It was, it was a vesting option that he had to pick, what, 180 innings? Is that right? It was 180 innings. Yeah. yeah. That it was just it was picked up automatically, which I guarantee you after this year, he is not too happy. Oh yeah, he's got to be pissed that he actually has that vesting option because yeah. this would have been if this was his contract year. The dude's thirty-two years old. He was going to sign a sixty million dollar deal this offseason, easy. And if he's able to put it together again like he did this year, he's yeah. going to get uh, one more payday, which will be great because he made. Oh, if, if he does, well, here's the. This is the crux of it. If he doesn't has another year like the year he has, he's going to get more money because oh, yeah. he proves he can do it. Um, but this is the year that he's going to want to do it because uh, because you never know if you could replicate something like that again. I mean, again, we talked about four of the top thirty offensive guys in in Fangraphs War. Uh, they have three of the top ten starting pitchers in pitching war. Uh, I mean, Scherzer and Strasburg won two. And uh, and Geo Ten, so yeah, I mean, it's that's you don't get a lot of that, <laughs> and 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 uh, not to you know be lost number eighteen Tanner Roark, yep, you know like this isn't he, four in the top twenty, a lot of a lot of guys you know you, you can look and say you know Tanner Roark's had a tough year, but I mean hard to argue with yeah I mean yeah he's got a four four ERA which is not what you want but uh, you know. Wins above replacement don't lie. They they paint a picture of something, and he's done something right. 
to yeah. to be in that territory. It's not the whole picture, but uh, it speaks something to what he's been doing. So yeah, starting pitching has been way better than advertised. I'd say. Uh yeah, way better. And, I mean, we expected this from Steven Strasburg, although it was kind of an unknown after the way his season ended last year. Uh, we expected this from Max Scherzer. We expected the second half from Tanner Roark. Yeah, that's right. But we did not expect Gio Gonzalez. No way. No so way. Uh, really, really happy to see that. Um, and real quick, let's touch on the bullpen. Yeah, uh, sure. MVP for the whole season from the bullpen, it's got to be Matt Albers. has to be. There's almost no question in my mind that it has to be Matt Albers. Yeah. I mean, it's – first of all, you know, you kind of get – pick up Albers. It's like you're hoping like a mop-up type sixth inning guy who can come in, eat, you know, one and two-thirds innings every, you know, a couple times a week when you're down. And he, he turned into one of the most important pieces on the team all year. I mean, it was crazy. And he's been insanely good. For most of the year, he had an ERA under two. Yeah, and I, I tweeted something along the lines of uh, about uh, two weeks ago, maybe a week ago. Uh, Matt Albers did not make the opening day roster. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Guthrie did. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, you know how I just said that he, didn't, he, had, he most of the year had an ERA under two? Still does. Yeah. yeah. 1.69 ERA he has. Six, nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matt Albers has been the MVP. Uh, a, a close second, Eni Romero, who has been uh, a, a nice treat. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of conversation with Eni about, is he just the left-handed uh, Henry Rodriguez, right? Like, he could throw 100 miles an hour, but he doesn't seem to always really know where it's going. Um, but I think he has proven that he has been able to be effectively wild up to this point. Um, yes. His... His, he certainly doesn't really have command, but he has been no, he, effective he has in had his wildness. Control. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, and then, of course, Mike Rizzo being Mike Rizzo and getting the law firm set in place. Yeah. I mean, transformational. Yeah. It made the entire difference. Not only have all three of those pitchers been lights out since coming to D.C., uh, we're obviously talking about Doolittle, Madsen, and Kinsler. Yep. Um but it's pushed the rest of the players, the, the Matt Albers of the world, from trying to get saves where he's not not, not capable. But it's but not, his, it's it's not, not where, his it's not his strength, yeah. It's not his role. It's not yeah. where his role should be. Um, it's pushed him down to much more manageable positions, much more uh, suited to his strengths. Yep. Uh, Any Romero the same. It's let Ali Perez actually be the loogie that he's been fantastic at. And he's been great at, at it. <laughs> Yeah. Once once um, you have don't have trying once you're not trying to pitch Ali Perez in the eighth inning, then all of a sudden eighth inning against right-handers against righties too. Yeah. yeah and all, all of a sudden he's been what you signed him to do. Yeah. Um, and one more note on about the bullpen. I hate to end it on a sad note, but we have more happy to come. Uh, prayers up for for uh, Sean Kelly, man. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, what a what a rough year for him. Yeah. Tough year and it. Sounds like he thinks his UCL is probably fine, but it's hard to really know about that kind of stuff. But he's having some nerve stuff and just hope he, hope that he, more than anything, more than even ever pitching again, just that he has health. Because, yeah. you know, he's a young guy to have nerve issues for the rest of his life. 
And yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I believe he actually is under team control for the next year as well. So. Yeah, he I, he was definitely a, a three year deal. So we we have yeah. him another year, but hopefully he just is able to get healthy for him more than anything. Because two Tommy John surgeries are no joke. Yeah, that's no joke. So uh, <clears throat> yeah, we've we've that was a I think a good rundown of like yeah you're right you could talk about like yeah it's really good and enjoy it but also like. Let's talk about what these guys have actually done. It's been kind of spectacular. Yeah. I, I don't know what the win total is sitting at right now. I don't know what the division lead total is because I, I honestly haven't, had, haven't had to pay attention. But pretty sure it's over 90 wins. Oh, yeah. It's 94, I think. Good like Lord. That. Yeah. It's a lot of wins, man. 94 wins. That's a phenomenal year. I believe the team record is 98. Uh, 90. I think that's right. That sounds right. Yeah. Ninety-eight said it uh, a couple years ago. Someone correct um, us live if uh, if I'm wrong. I'm just I'm. If, if just anyone's guessing. even listening, we haven't even. We usually get some feedback in the middle, but you know. Yeah, we we usually get a little bit of the feedback. Yeah, ninety-four. Um, they're at ninety-four entering Monday's game, with uh, a few games left. About a week yeah, of games what, left. So. But six six seven games. games. Seven games. Six left. games. Yeah, there's a game every day, so seven. Yep, seven, seven games, games left. left. Yep. So uh, the chance at 100 wins still is there. It, it's it's a legit chance. It's it's possible. But also um, just having the best record in team history is possible. Yeah, for sure. It's It's been great. Uh, walked away with a very, very mediocre, if not incredibly poor NL East. Oh, yeah. I mean, but they did what they're supposed to do. You can only, again, you can only play the teams that are on the schedule. And, and, and to answer your question, how many games up they are against the Marlins, who are second? Answer, 21. That's stupid. 21 games up. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's bananas. That's just yeah. totally crazy. And this last week gives Dusty Baker a chance to get the lineup in order, the starting rotation. Lineup the rotation, get, 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 yep. get guys work that you need to get work, get guys rested, you need to get rested. It's, it's where you want to be. And I, the one other thing that I want to say about it is, uh, about the bullpen is part of that, you know, being able to do this at the end of the year is I don't think that without these bullpen changes, without the, the bullpen changes, the Nationals still would have won the division. There's no question about it. They would have still won the division. But I don't think that there's any way they make it out of the first round. Any chance at all without those bullpen cha- And now I think there's a chance. And, and, and that's because of the three guys that, that Mike Rizzo got for the back end of that bullpen. Yes. It's something else. So Yeah. What a, what a phenomenal year. We're lucky to have watched it. Uh, and now that leads us into playoffs. Yes. Playoffs? Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? playoffs? Got to do it every time. Yeah. Uh, uh, really excited uh, for it to start next week. Oh, God. After I some wild card games. I know. I It just hit me today that, like, a week from today, it will be off season. And I was like, yeah. oh, God. It's actually... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's close. It's yeah. It's really close. So, um there's a lot to look forward to. It looks like, I mean, looks like it's going to be the Cubs almost certainly. If yeah, not, I, if not certainly going to be mm-hmm. the Cubs, um, which uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be the first time that the Washington nationals have entered the playoffs without the best record in the NL. Yeah. So it's going to be a whole different dynamic. They'll have home fields in the first round, but uh, maybe not in future rounds if they make it that far. So it'll be a whole different uh, kind of dynamic, not having, not having the target quite so much. Not yeah, you know, being a little bit more under the radar. Yeah, uh, the with the, with the best players on in, yeah. the, in the league. 
but yeah. nonetheless being a little under the radar. It's just kind of the nature of, you know, win-loss record. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cubs series, obviously, is going to be huge. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, it's two anytime. major baseball towns now. I mean, D.C., I think, has pretty, pretty well solidified itself as a legitimate baseball town. You can't win four division titles in six years and not have, you know, be on the fringes of a true baseball city. You know, Unless I, you're I, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But, no. you know, they had a bunch of Hall of Famers, so... Yeah, um, so it's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs. Uh, Cubs obviously coming off of breaking their curse last year. They've kind of struggled uh, most of the season, kind of turned it on a little bit in the second half. Uh, you got to think that the long postseason uh, and raucous celebration uh, kind of tired them out a little bit. Didn't well, get yeah. the full rest that they it, needed. and. It ends up uh, being that you're, 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 like you said, it's you're basically partying for a month and a half afterwards, whereas the other guys are resting and starting to get get their workouts back up. And you're going to, you know, parades and parties and everything else. It's a whole different thing. So uh, I think the Nationals match up pretty well with the Cubs. Uh, we've seen them go into Wrigley, win a series, beat them here in D.C. So uh, I think they match up well. It's going to be good, uh, and I actually – I'm going to say something insane right now. Uh, I kind of agree with FP what, say what? about something. Yeah, about something. Uh, I think that if the Nationals can get past the first round, that the pressure will be completely off of their backs Yeah, and that we're going to see some fun baseball. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I, think, there's, I think there's truth to that. I think that um... – the the thing with the Cubs that I think really favors the Nationals is, uh, as far as pitching, I think that's where you really get an advantage with, um, you know, they've they've lost some big arms in the back of that bullpen. There's no Chapman back there anymore. Um, the, the starting pitching has been good, but not great. Lester has been good, but not great. Uh, Kendricks is, uh, Kyle Hendricks has come down to earth uh, a little bit at least. So, um I think there's something to that. Uh, I think that once the Nationals, they proved this this, this year, once they kind of get going downhill, it's just like hitting on this team is super contagious. And if you could do that, and it, but you got to remember, playing baseball in D.C. and in Chicago in October, it, the ball's not going to be flying. So you've got to do it other ways. And that's why I think the Nationals pitching staff is such an advantage. But I think if you, I think that's right. If you get past the first round, so anything could happen. It's could, it, it could happen. For I like sure. it. Uh, that being said, what is your playoff roster, Joe? Uh, so we'll do the easy one first. Starters. Yeah, Schurz, Strauss, Geo, Roark, that order. Yep, there we go, that oh. order. I like it. Yep. Uh, what about you, Same. Same. Starting uh, infield? You could, you, could, uh, you could talk, you could discuss, you know, moving Geo up, but I think... Uh, splits really don't matter too much when you've got two of the top three pitchers in the NL, and and you got days and you got days off, you know, yep. so frequently that it doesn't really end up being a huge difference with splits and trying to move line. I mean, you're going to face. It doesn't matter if you face them game two or game three. You have so much rest that you can move guys around if you need to. So it doesn't make yeah. a huge difference. Uh, infield, you got Zimmerman, you got Murphy, you got Turner, Rendon. Uh, I think you're going to see Weeders behind the plate. Yep. Uh, no questions there. Yeah, e- uh, easy one's done. 
Outfield is where things get a little bit more interesting. For sure. Uh, Bryce Harper was uh, set to be back this evening. Uh, we were recording this on Monday. He was set to be back. Uh, came down with a touch of the flu. That's uh, uh, reportedly. Reportedly came down with a touch of the flu yep. uh, when he was scheduled to make his triumphant return. Uh, I still believe that Bryce Harper will be uh, ready to go. If they said he was ready to go on Sunday, um, he'll definitely be ready to go by next Thursday or Friday, whenever the first game. Exactly, is. that's the thing. We still, despite the fact that the off season ends in six days, the, you know, the first game's not for like fourteen or something. You know, just the way that the schedules work. So uh, I don't think that there's much chance that he's not ready. So I think Harper is in right field for sure. Who, who are you getting center? Uh, center, you got Michael A. Taylor. And in left, in left, it's gonna be Jason Worth. Yes, it is. It's going to be Jason Worth. Yep, no uh, question about it. It should be Howie Kendrick, but it's going to be Jason. Worth. Yeah, I I think it should be Kendrick too, and that's not saying anything about about Worth necessarily. Besides the fact he's had a really down year and he's not seeing the ball that well, and Ke- it'd be different if Kendrick wasn't either. But he yeah. is. He is yes. incredibly good offensively right now, and. All that matter is in the postseason is who's hot right this second. Yep. And that's all that matters. And uh, right now, I'm sorry, that's not Jason Worth. It's not. And I think, though, I, just because Jason Worth starts game one doesn't mean he starts game two. Um, and I think you're probably going to see some, some platooning. So if, if your game one matchup ends up being Ken, uh, Kyle Hendricks and it, it, it's a lefty, you're probably going to see Worth. If it's a righty... Maybe it does end up being Kendrick. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, okay. It's going to be worth. So that means Kendrick is on the bench. Yep. Uh, what does your bench look like outside of Kendrick? I've got um, Wilmer Defoe and Adam Linder easy. Yep. Um, who, who, uh, catching, it's going to be Lobotone. It's going to be Lobotone. It should be Severino. So I don't know that it really should be Severino. I don't no? think you're getting... So I, 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 I'm not a Lobes guy. I, I mean... He's a great personality. I just don't think he provides you anything on the field, really. But I think pitchers are know who they are throwing to, and neither Severino nor Lobes are going to hit. And so if you know neither of those guys are going to hit, because Severino's been terrible offensively all year, why not have the catcher that the pitchers know better? So that's my um, argument for Lobes. I don't think you're going to see a backup catcher get playing time. Yeah, you might not. Um, in which case, I want to see uh, speedy Pedro Severino yeah. in the game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You I, and I think you have just as much a chance to get a pinch hit out of Pedro Severino, uh, if not more so. I think you have more of a do. chance to do that. I guess you, you're right. If, you're, if you just plan on starting Matt Weeders every game of the postseason, then you're, then you're right, probably. Right, and I think that's what the plan is, especially with the days off. And it's going yeah. to be music to... Uh, Matt Weider's knees by this point. Yeah. Um, so I think if you can get something more out of that one bench spot, which it's a bench spot. Yes, it is a backup catcher in case of in case emergency. Of an, in case of an in-game injury. That's the only in case of, Yeah. Yeah. You have it. Um, you have it. And Pedro Severino has proven that he is very capable of handling this major league staff. Yeah. So I think the added dimension of his speed, which he's got some speed yeah, he's, for a catcher. He's a quick catcher. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think uh, his arm and his speed should put him his, as the his bench His arm player. is very good. His arm is very, um, very good. 
but it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to uh, be Lobotone for sure. It's going to be Lobotone. Yeah. Um, Who's got your and, final and bench spot? I've got, I think it should be Victor Robles. I think it should be too, but it's again, it's not going to be. I don't think it will be. Yeah, I have I have Robles written down. I don't think it's going to be, but it's good to be one of the other outfielders. It'll either be Bautista it's, or, or uh, Andrew Stevenson. You think it's, wow, I, I think it's going to be Diazza. Oh, yeah, it's going to be Diazza. God, yeah. I forgot about Diazza. And I was looking at the <laughs> roster, that's how much. But it's definitely going to be Diazza, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely going to be Diazza. Yeah. Uh, um, it's got to be an outfielder. should be Robles. It's, it's got to be an outfielder because you don't have another outfielder. You have Lynn, yeah. Defoe, and Kendrick. Who Kendrick can do some outfield, but it's not his trade. You need someone else yeah. uh, that can do it, and it's, it's Diazza, probably. It's Diazza, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then for for bullpen, you've got you know obviously your law firm, uh, Doolittle, Madsen, Kinsler, uh, Matt Albers for sure. Who else you got? Uh, I got Andy Romero. Yep, me too. He's in there, no question. Um, and then my last, oh wait, no, uh, Ali Perez, no question. Yep, for sure. Uh, got- just lefty specialist. It's gonna be great. Yep. Um, and then my last two, uh, kind of crazy. Uh, Joe Blanton. Yep, I've got him too. And Sammy Solis. I, we have the same bullpen. Perfect. Yeah. By the way, did not discuss this before the show at all. No, did not at all. Yeah. Joe literally wrote it as I we literally were... wrote it as we were getting ready. That's why I was a little bit late. But yeah, it's so. I mean, I like the idea of three lefties. And the only other thing that I could think of instead of Blanton is AJ Cole. Um, yeah. It, it's going to be one of those two guys. I think it will be Blanton because I think there are enough guys that can, that can throw extra innings, um, that you wouldn't worry about having a true long man if they did. And you have a pitching staff who, you know, can go late in game starting. Yeah, pitching they staff. can go late in there, game. There are no happily. issues with those guys only making it through. Well, Geo. But other no, than not Gio, even Geo this year, not, not this year, but historically hit, getting Geo out of five has been tough. Yeah. Um, and so he, he would be the only guy that you would really worry about. But again, there is so much rest in the postseason. You don't worry about throwing a guy like Joe Blanton one, one and two thirds innings or one, one and a third innings and, uh, getting somebody else to pitch another two thirds or whatever. So, um, yeah, I've got the same bullpen. So we're pretty close. I, I, I got to tell you, I really, really want it to be Robles. Yeah, uh, I really do as well. You know, I think he's shown so much since he's come up. And I, I thought that the thought of me even saying that was insane uh, when he before he was even called up. Because the only reason he was called up is because Goodwin's still hurt. That's the only reason he was called up. The team even said that. Like, we weren't looking to pull him up, but, you know, we needed somebody when Goodwin wasn't ready to come back. So we brought him up and... I think you've seen the pop, you've seen the defense, you've seen the speed. I mean, oh my he, gosh, he's got two triples and then another where he overslid third base. Yes, right. Yeah, that's right. And oh, he's only got that. fourteen, fifteen plate appearances. Yeah, I mean, I think, and we're talking three triples in reality. Yeah, and, and then however many highlight reel catches in the outfield. And I think the kind of excitement that you get out of a guy like that, like what do you get out of Deaza that you wouldn't get out of him as a that's your last ditch outfielder, right? right. That that is not the he, guy that's going to be playing. That's your pinch runner. That exactly. That's your pinch runner. That's your defensive replacement. That's your um, yeah. I mean your your pinch hitter in a in a you need the speedy guy situation to avoid a double play or whatever. Yeah. And instead, you're going to get you know 31 year old Deaza who's had a fine year. Um, yeah. But I think you know I think Robles. You should do. You should. They should really look at Robles. Maybe we'll be surprised. Yeah, uh, I'm. I was 
that's really funny you said that because I was literally about to say prepare to be disappointed. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe be surprised, but probably not. Prepare to be disappointed, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, very exciting times ahead. Uh, we have not talked about any sort of playoff plan for the podcast. Um, I'm sure we'll might talk about it after we record. Yeah, we'll uh, get that then, sorted out before game one. Yeah, uh, but definitely we, we 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 might get you with a little bit more uh, matchup heavy uh, recording before uh, we get to the DS. Yeah, next yeah, week. we'll for see. Sure. Well, for sure. Once we know matchups, maybe we, yeah. we we hope that we'll be able to talk a little bit. Uh, more in detail about because you know we think it's going to be the Cubs right now, but we don't know where it's, where it's going to lie. We don't know what matchups are going to be. We don't know who's going to start Game One, so we'll have a lot more things to talk about once we have those things uh, fleshed out and we know who the Dodgers are going to end up playing and everything else. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to get into some questions? Yeah, let's dig into uh, to a few questions before we wrap Beautiful. up the show. Uh, Steve wants to know uh, what the postseason roster is. We hit that. Nailed uh, it. Yes. Steve also wants to know, if you were a professional baseball player, would you kneel? Uh, I would kneel. I would I, have kneeled a little while ago, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, it's, I, I, it's, it's the question of the day in sports. Yeah, and it's tough, right? Like, uh, obviously, I respect the, the players who, who choose to kneel. I totally have their back, and I completely agree with what they're saying. Um, I don't, I don't know if, uh, as a, I don't know, I, maybe this isn't even right to say, but I don't know if, as a, as a white dude, if I should be the first guy to kneel or not. I don't know if that's, mm-hmm. if that's right or wrong. And at the same time, I think it's really easy to sit here recording this podcast at my desk saying, oh yeah, I would definitely kneel seeing what's happening to guys like Colin Kaepernick and stuff where you just lost, you don't have a job anymore because right. you decided to speak out on a thing, which is reprehensible. Um, Which makes Bruce Maxwell's stand some, you know, a, a fringe ironically catcher. stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a fringe catcher in the in the athletics organization standing up and doing that. It's really it's really honorable in in my estimation. Yeah, he um, stands. There's a lot to lose for him. A lot and... to lose for him. Huge. I mean, if a guy like like Kaepernick can get blackballed from the NFL, then a guy that no one's heard of in Major League Baseball it would be pretty easy to to blackball him too. So yeah, it's, and I think it's really it, ballsy. It puts more, it puts more pressure on the more outspoken major league baseball players, uh, of color, uh, such as you, you know, your, um, Adam Jones, your CC Sabathias, uh, who have spoken up about this. And, um, it puts more pressure that this guy who, uh, Bruce Maxwell, who has so much to lose, um, if he's able to make the stand and, kneel during the anthem then you know why aren't they and right. no one as of now has joined uh and kneeled um he said he doesn't expect anyone to but that's okay with him because it's not about other people joining him it's about you know the conversation yeah uh which the whole kneeling i'm not even gonna say controversy the whole kneeling um i don't know what the right word is uh movement yeah maybe movement works. uh has provoked it's not about you know it's not about the flag it's not about the anthem it's about police brutality systematic racism that's rampant in our country and has been for a long time and they're starting a conversation uh and, by doing this and there's uh, un- unfortunately uh a 
blowhard of a catalyst on Pennsylvania Avenue who is, you know, kind of tearing this out into the world. While ignoring uh, 3.5 million citizens in Puerto Rico. Right, exactly. Um, but so, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that's a, that's a different podcast. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I, I, while I want to say that I, I absolutely would and I want to, it's... I. I don't envy the position those guys are in. It's really no. It's it, it's it's easy to say it from my chair sitting here as a, 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 a cis white guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Um, so on a on a different note entirely uh, from Steve, uh, best MLB mascot. Um, it's either the chicken or the fanatic. Yeah. Oh God, I hate the fanatic. Oh, I, I love the fanatic. I hate the fanatic. You know why I hate the fanatic? It's not because like I love the fanatics. The fanatics on field. Show. The shtick. It's it's very funny. It's Did great. you hear the Jonah Carey podcast? No. Oh. Well, what, what, he interviewed the friend of the fanatic. Yeah. Which which it's really just the fanatic, but they call it that. Yeah. Right. Um. It's amazing. Oh, is it? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. He's been there for like 30, 25 years or something. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I might check it out. It might change my mind. So I shouldn't say I hate the Fanatic. I love his shtick. I love the stuff he does on the field and all that kind of stuff. The thing that kills me about the Fanatic is if I were in the stands paying for those seats and he insisted on just standing in front of me constantly, it would piss me off. Yeah. Like, because he's standing in the But that's the shtick. I know it's the shtick. It would just drive me crazy. Yeah, and um, he would want to drive you crazy because it's fun. Yeah, so so mine are either Orbit or Dinger. Oh, Orbit's great. Yeah, Orbit's great. I, just his thing with with Coco just cracks me up. So yeah, I, that's really fun. Orbit. Orbit's fun. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, it's not Screech. Sorry. No, it is not. Screech is it's not a, good. It's not a very great mascot. No. Yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, holy bleep, Victor Robles. Agree or yep. agree? Agreed. Agree, indeed. Amen. Uh, <laughs> Nat Squid wants to know, uh, can we cure Bryce of the flu? Um, and probably not. Um, vitamin C? Yeah, I, I hear that's a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. Um, so Ryan Sullivan wants to know uh, what we are drinking. Uh, I am drinking Narragansett. Very nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a macro-style lager that is craft-brewed and delicious. Very nice. I was looking for something a little bit lighter that I could drink six of in a sitting and be <laughs> nice. not not die. Nice. I'm uh, enjoying a uh, Nota Bandito, courtesy of our oh. friend uh, Jacko Bean in Charlotte, oh. North Carolina, who sent the who sent this up for me. So uh, cheers to you, uh, Adam. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's very the nice. sheer willpower for me to not uh, drink that. I got. I have to tell you, I cannot believe you didn't. <laughs> I I honestly cannot believe you did not drink it. The struggle was real. I I, I believe it. I, I it's even, delicious. I even told uh, um, Adam uh, that after you came over this weekend um, that I that you gave it. He's like, oh my god, he didn't drink it after all this time. I was like, I know. Yeah. So cheers to you, sir. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. It's delicious. Uh, <laughs> Fang, this is a great. Hilarious question. Fang wants to know if you had to dress up uh, the Washington Nationals as Sesame Street characters. Jesus, which national would be which character and why? Um, All I want to know is who would be Big Bird and who would be Oscar the Grouch. Big Bird is Max. That's a good answer. Definitely Max. Oscar the Grouch, Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, see, I've got Oscar the Grouch as uh, as Jason Worth. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. He looks like he could live in a trash can. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, That's and great. For the record, I love Oscar the Grouch. Uh, so, Trey Turner is Elmo, for oh, sure. Oh, that's real good. That's real for good. For sure. Who's uh, Snuffleupagus? Uh, Adam Lind. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Good. So we hit a few Co- there. Cookie Monster. Uh, mm. Matt Wieters? No. Uh, no, he's the most boring person in the yeah, world. Yeah, doesn't play. Um, needs to be someone with a personality. Large in personality, Dusty Baker. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Perfect. Yeah. Because uh, Cookie Monster's got some wisdom, man. Yeah. Cookie Monster's, you know, is, is a legit character. I, I love Sesame Street when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, Beard wants to know how long we think tonight's Earthquake is going to be, and I think we're running out of time on that. I think we're running out of time on it. I think he will hit one this series. That's good, yeah. I think that's happening. He likes Philly. He does enjoy it there. They do not enjoy him there. And a, a couple here from, from Feng to wrap, out, wrap up. Uh, he wants to know, and I, the reason I'm going to bring this up is because I want to drop a line on this. He wants to know about the, uh, why we had to live stream during Ken Burns' Vietnam. Um, a, because, you know, there's this thing called DVR in the internet. But B... Uh, well, I was, I was also going to say, this is actually a podcast, too. Yeah, that's true. You, get, you don't have to listen to us live. That's <laughs> yeah. probably the, most, the more important factor. Yeah, <laughs> let's just put that out there. Yeah, B, <laughs> well played. Uh, B, uh, I started watching uh, that this week, and um, it is spectacularly good. Uh, it is really, really good. So I know that uh, Ken Burns can be grating to some. Um, yes, 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 he can. Uh, where does it fall on, like, Band of Brothers style? Yeah, like... Greg, you know I've never seen Band of Brothers. Oh, God. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shame him, people yeah, I pl- shame of the me internet. Into watching it, internet. Uh, so I like it, but so I only watched the first episode, which is kind of like the um, the fifties lead up to everything, and kind of like setting the, background, the stage, setting the stage, like how it all happened from the end of World War II into it actually happening. And so that history to me, as 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 someone who um, you know knew a lot about the war but didn't know a lot about the history and the causes leading up to it, I really enjoyed that. Um, I, and that's the thing that I like about Ken Burns is he can he could paint a picture that you you know probably heard in history class or could have found in history class but maybe zoned out on or whatever. That's just now you get a different kind of appreciation for. So it's one episode and it's good so far, um, and I'm I'm going to keep checking it out. Uh, so let's do uh, one more thing. Favorite cool or cold weather baseball thing to wear from Fang? Uh, my Nat scarf, duh. Yeah, that's I have that one too. Yeah. I, well, I, I have I have a free fashion. one. Nice. I give away one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one I have. Oh, I have that one and another one because I'm kind of addicted. Scarves. Um, yeah, I, I'm getting another one on tomorrow. On tomorrow, nice. Um, last question, and it's from Fang in honor of Bryce's flu. What is the best or worst playing under the weather story you have? Why don't you go first? So I don't. I can't think of one for myself. To be totally honest with you, I just my favorite sick sports story has to be Michael Jordan Game Seven Finals. Like nice. that story sticks with me. Like however many years, twenty years later, twenty. I think twenty years later, ninety-seven. I mean, it's just remarkable to me that a guy at that caliber could play with the legit flu and like be vomiting and sick and um violently ill and put on that kind of performance spectacular to me nice that's that's my that's the one i got nice mine is not sports related nice um i was in college uh i had a concert 
Uh, I was solo horn of the JMU Wind Symphony, which is the top ensemble. Um, I had uh, we had some pretty serious literature. We were playing for that concert, and I had a couple big solo y moments. And I had a migraine. And uh, if anyone's had a migraine, um, debilitating. Yeah. Completely just debilitating. And just rocked the shit out of the concert. Nice. Don't know how. That's good. I, I, it's one of those things, like, I had had to play with a migraine several times in my life prior to that. And it's one of those things where you just, you have to focus so much more because everything is awful. <laughs> right. So your focus is completely lasered. Like, I couldn't tell you anything else that was going on except for right there because I didn't have a choice. Right. So that's a good that one. Was, that was that was my uh, my flu moment. That's really good. I like that. Yeah, one. that's good. Uh, I think that's a great way to end this uh, lovely episode of Nat's Talk on the Go. Uh, thanks everybody for hanging out and, and uh, listening with us and listening to us. If you're listening to us afterwards, we uh, enjoyed the last week of the regular season. We, like Craig said earlier, we will be back with you for. Uh, some postseason co- coverage the week between the end of the season and the uh, start of the DS, and then we will release to you what our plans are for the uh, for the National League Division Series. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to Nats Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at natstalkonthego on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats!